This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? My word, Josh. Uh, wild cards active over here. Somebody sent me the gif of Doctor Strange who says, uh, we're in the end game now. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we're going to talk a lot about wild cards and double game ways coming up. Do you get the sense that we are now in the FPL end game? Yeah, I, I do. It's uh, I think I'm ready. You know, I think. <laughs> It's been 33 weeks. It feels like much longer. I was looking at some, I was looking something up in my inbox in, in email. Like I was trying to find like some conversation I had with somebody about fantasy. Mm-hmm. And it was like the start of last season. And the conversation was like 260 days ago. And I was like, <laughs> we've changed I, so much. Yeah. And we've been talking about the same season for 260 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so if anyone's ready, yeah. it's got to be you, Josh, because you had a stormer of a game week 33. Let's yes. just put the score check up front so yep. you can sort of let the air out of the uh, the hot air balloon that you're in right now. <laughs> yeah. So I finished on 95 points on the game week. I did take a minus four. Um, it was a minus four that, that it was a minus four that worked out about as well as a minus four ever will, I think. Cause I took out Felipe Anderson and Gonzalo Higuain and I brought in Jamie Vardy and James Madison. So uh, that's a net. Let's see. They, they brought in 23 points combined. Um, it would have been uh, four points from Higgy and uh, Anderson and then four for the hit. So that, what is that? A net, uh, it's like 16, 16, 17, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 15, 15, net 15. So, um, yeah. So net 15, um, I, which I'll definitely take. And, uh, I got the double clean sheet from, it really, it was the game week where all of the holdover players that I just sort of stuck with and didn't drop, um, really started to come through, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Lucas Dean in particular, I mean, getting two clean sheets from him in game week 31 and 33 was huge. Um, you know, getting eight points from him yesterday, uh, and then 17 from, uh, Wambasaka and Gaita was huge. Um, Much like and, the University of Virginia's basketball team, Josh, this has God's plan written all over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's only only three players on my team blanked. Uh, you know, even Alexander Arnold, I got four from him. 
Uh, and then, you know, I had Vardy and, and, and Hazard and I captained Hazard. So, um, yeah, it was great. I mean, I think it's one of the highest individual game week ranks I've ever had. It was 2,642, uh, which, you know, out of 6 million plus managers is, uh, you know, massively high. So, uh, yeah, so it's a great feeling. Um, I, I cracked the top 1000 for the first time ever. I'm 836 in the world, which, um, is the highest I've ever been. Um, I finished, dude. yeah, I finished, I finished 1500 in the world, um, a few years ago and I had a 2200 finish a couple of years before that, but I never actually cracked the top 1000. So it's kind of, it's like kind of a, I mean, it seems, it seems lame to say, Lightly. It's, not, it's not like it's like a, a personal life goal or whatever, but like in terms of playing this game, <laughs> I have always uh-huh. wanted to crack with the top 1,000. It's like one of those goals you set for yourself every season. I, I think yeah. winning is is slightly unrealistic, just given how many managers there are, right? I mean, I don't. Sure. Do, do you do you think about winning the league when you start off? I don't. I don't really don't think about that. It just seems <laughs> I could, like I, I, I could jokingly say yes, of course I do, but no, I I never do. It, the thought never crossed my mind. But top 1,000 seems like one of those goals, right? Where you're like, yeah. if I could just crack that, that'd be huge, and so. Um, yeah, so it's a so good real, thing. I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know though, if I'll Josh, stay there. Yeah, yeah. Re- I was going to say, realistically, at the end of the season, where do you anticipate you'll be? Like, say, fifty-five thousand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe seventy-eight thousand if you have a really yeah. uh, wobbly double game week. I got. Yeah, what helps? You know, I'm on the wild card now, and I still have the bench boost and the triple captain. So I've got. You know, it's in, anytime you've got those chips to play, it feels like you. You. you I, I wouldn't say they're they're necessarily guaranteed green arrows, especially at this point, but. Um, but it helps for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, my goal is honestly at this point, it's just, it's just to stay in the top 100 K. I mean, I mean the top, mm-hmm. the top one K and, uh, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I, if I had to recalibrate my goals a little bit, it wouldn't be that much higher. I mean, I guess my goal now would be to finish in the top 500, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, that's, that seems like a, a massive goal. So that's what I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah. You just keep pushing. Yeah, and you had a pretty good I, – I had a great game week, but you had a pretty good game week yourself. Yeah, I really can't complain. The game week rank for me was a little bit higher, but 127,855, which is I think my fourth highest game week score of the of the season so far. Finished on 77, also took a minus four hit to get Jamie Vardy in for Higuain, and then I made a move in the back. I took Doherty out, who I had no value built up in Doherty because I had uh, transferred him out and brought him back in later in the season and brought in Aspilicueta. Annoying yellow card, of course, which caused me to tie Dave Wegner-Lodal in our (laughs) head-to-head. So, Dave, Mm -hmm. uh, I will have my vengeance. But, uh, yeah, a net 73 points on a blank game week. If you go back to game week 31 when, when I scored 26 points net, this feels yep. really good. Got my first green arrow in a month, and I'm up to fourteen thousand one fifty five. Target for me right now is is got to be top ten k at at um, at least, if not mm-hmm. if not higher. So that's sure. what I'm gunning for right now. I was oscillating between captaincy on Vardy and Hazard. Of course, you and me both were sweating the. Did we get this wrong? And the fact that they, <laughs> they right. finished in a dead heat on 16 okay. points I is have, kind of a miracle. I have a confession to make. I waited really long uh, to make my my transfers this game week, um, partially because I was deciding them and also just to kind of mess with you a little bit. Um, and so at like, you know, so the game week deadline on the East Coast is 2 p.m. I looked and I waited very late. And then I looked at your team at 1.58 p.m., right, a minute before the deadline. And you had still only made one transfer. So you must have made that second transfer with like seconds to go before before the deadline. 
I don't know. I think something was up with the site. I mean, I, I wouldn't let what you were doing influence my team at all. So I, I, I don't know what was Is wrong that right? with your internet oh, connection. Okay. Or so what, you didn't make what? a late transfer. You just, you had your two transfers and that was it. That's just between me and me and Jamie <laughs> Vardy. <laughs> uh, so did you, did you debate Vardy at all? I guess you talked about on the kitchen table podcast about going with Vardy. A little yeah, bit. I said, yeah. I said on our Patreon podcast that if I brought Vardy in for Higuain, then I would be bringing him into captain. So I went back on my word, but the thing with Hazard is, you know, we can talk in circles about how much of a troll he is, but the, and as evidenced by today, his ceiling is just so much higher than Vardy. Like Vardy mm-hmm. had to work hard to get his brace and an assist just to reach 16. Hazard, yeah. he scores his goal and he was like 20 BPS ahead of any other player in the game immediately in like yeah. the, the 20th yeah. minute or whatever he scored. Yeah. And so you felt like he could pour it on at any moment. As, as, as crazy as it seems, given the season that Hazard has had, it just seemed like the safer option. And at this point, when I'm really trying to push this boulder up the hill, uh, you know, in the trying to get my overall rank up, um, I feel like getting the captaincy right every week is going to be so crucial for me. I mean, as yeah. it is for everybody. Well, this uh, is, yeah, I mean, what's interesting, and we're going to talk a lot about this on the podcast, is... I am like working on my wildcard team right now. And there are some questions that we that we're going to talk about, like who are the, you know, who are the three players you brought into your team first? I mean, I have in my, my 15, I don't really like, there's like a barely a single stone cold lock in that team, right? Like every yep. single player, it's, it's just amazing. So, I mean, there's getting the captaincy, right. But there's also just like getting the right players. I mean, it feels like the pool of options, like everyone's got like a, a mark in their favor and against them, you know? And so I think it's really, um, there's a lot that I think has to, has to be factored in. And, uh, I think it's, it's fun. I think it'll make for a very swingy final few weeks of the season, which is usually fun. I guess, um, I would like that more if I wasn't leading, uh, <laughs> personal mini league. Uh, I guess I would, I guess I would take boring right now, but I, I think it, I, I just like it when like, there's a lot of, uh, when there's a lot up in the air about who the captain's going to be, you know, like, mm-hmm. or just like, or even just like who, like, I mean, I, it's possible that you and I could end up with like completely different, like, f- like start like midfield fours, you know, for this yeah. game week or whatever format, you know, like completely different. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you could have Erickson or Son, you could have Sterling or KDP, you could have, you know, you could have one of the Liverpool midfielders. Like, there's just so many different ways you could go, um, which yeah. um, I, I just think makes for, you know, makes the game a lot more fun. Oh, totally. I think we the season has kind of, in a way, ground to a halt at Game Week 33, where the template has kind of gone as far as it can go. Yeah. Uh, there will be template wildcards that start circulating through the week, but this is the, the big opportunity for you to get a total clean slate, recalibrate, and find, you know, it's not like trying to fit in differentials into the margins of your team, but yeah, the big differential, like that Christian Erickson pick that you mentioned, or sticking with Sala, and then he continues to go off even through the doubles, those sorts of things. So yeah, it, it's it's really going to invigorate the season. I think, so. yeah, I think so too. So um, that's, that. yeah, that, that, that should be um, exciting if you are chasing somebody in your mini league and terrifying if you were holding on to a slim lead in your mini league we are in uh, the end game josh <laughs> we're in the end game now i know we still gotta buy those tickets don't we for avengers end game yes uh, all right all right brandon so a uh, couple of uh, housekeeping things here uh one is uh, we would really appreciate it really like it if you would take 
I think this takes like 15 seconds to do, uh, to jump on and vote for us in the Football Blogging Awards. You can do this a couple different ways. Uh, one is just go to their, um, go onto Twitter and say, I'm voting for, always, we have a, you, you can just go to our Twitter feed. You can see a couple posts on there. But basically, I am voting for Hail Cheaters for Best Fantasy Football Creator um, in the FBAs. Or you could go to footballbloggingawards.co.uk uh, slash vote now. I think if you just Googled football blogging awards, it, you know, it's like the first link that comes up. So if you do that, that would be fantastic. Uh, we also suggest you vote for our friends uh, London is Blue uh, in the best international content creator category. And um, yeah, so it's uh, it's very cool to be a finalist for anything. Um, you know, I don't know about you, Brendan. I haven't won a lot of awards as an adult. So <laughs> I have won no. one, weirdly. I won a, I won a sales award uh, when I was a sales rep a few years ago. Oh, let's, like, let's, seven, let's talk ago. about that some We more. should, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if you do that, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, the Always X Gene competition. If, if people who listen to last week's podcast we have, a, we have a competition running right now. It's gonna, we have one more week that we're going to keep it open. And the idea is to just explain XG to us because we don't completely get it. And you can explain it in, uh, in, a, in, a, in an image, in a video. Um, you can explain it with, with a graph. Just It's got to be like one – like one compact thing though. I, you know, I don't want like a bunch of charts and graphs and, you know, if I want that, if I want like an eight minute YouTube clip, I can just go to YouTube and, and you know, but something that synthesizes that exists, you know, yeah. exactly. So, uh, yeah. but we've had some really great entries some very funny ones. Eric Freeman kind of kicked things off. We had a ton of really good ones. Um, we had a good one today, didn't we? Yeah. From Kun Karam, he had put this amazing gift together that involves our old friend Chupo Moting, uh, Stoke City's big star last season. Uh, everyone probably saw his highlight for PSG earlier this week in which he stopped a certain goal for his own team <laughs> on the goal line inadvertently. That was amazing. So, yeah, Kuhn took that to the XG level, and it's kind of amazing. So go to our Twitter feed, at Cheaters for more examples, and use the hashtag AlwaysXG. That's right. Uh, Super League, Brandon, you want to read off the top ten? Yeah, real quick, uh, checking in on the Super League, the world's most competitive FPL mini league, uh, top to bottom. Yeah, top to bottom. In first place, it's Miroslav Pujic. Second place, Ma- second place, Matthew Shannon. Third place, Andrew Sullivan. Fourth place, Richard Jenkins. Fifth, Christer Landro. Sixth place, Jason Mann. Seventh, David Wheels. Eighth place, Lucas Rutherford. Ninth place, Matty Fosum. And in tenth place, Kalen Hewitt. Surprisingly easy names to pronounce this, <laughs> this one time. Yeah, um, interesting stat yeah. for the Super League. Uh, yep. if, you, if you take... Um, I think you comprehend this stat more than I do. Right. So basically, uh, you know, I'm 800 in the world right now, uh, but I am still only – I am 47th in the uh, Always Cheating Super League. So even though I'm 800, I'm still uh, barely cracking the top 50 of the Always Super League. Uh, Quick uh, back of the napkin math tells us that means that one out of every 17 managers in the top 800 in the world are in the Always Cheating Super League. Uh, which is, I think, is a great ratio. I mean, one every seventeen—that's that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, congrats to uh, all all of you, all five five. <laughs> how many people are in the league? It's like ten thousand now. Six thousand at yeah, this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you. To, thank you to everyone who joins the league. You can still join the league. In fact, uh, up until the end of the season, uh, just go to uh, just go to our uh, I guess our Twitter handle. You can find it there. You can find it on our website too. Alwaystreet.com. Yeah. All right. Everyone wants to talk wild cards. But first, one, we'll do this really quick. I promise. Patreon thank yous. We've got some new Patreon team members at the producer level. Rom Frosk. 
Welcome, Mr. Romfrost, producing the Always Cheating Pod. At the, at the Sorloth tier, JC is in as a Patreon member. And at the Embakani level, we have Honu, Mikola, and Kajaten. Uh, and we want to thank you guys all. If you want to support Josh and I beyond just saying thank you, which we just appreciate uh, kind words and you tuning mm-hmm. in. But if you want to thank us with a few pennies from your own pocket, visit patreon.com slash always cheating. What you get in return are not, uh, are not just this podcast, but another podcast every week. So that's two podcasts per week, our Slack message board, all sorts of other cool stuff. And uh, Josh, you'll be doing a special kitchen table episode later this week, talking more in depth about your wild card. I'd imagine. Uh, yes, I will be. Um, I, I'm, I'll be in uh, Detroit this week, so I may uh, may actually end up doing it from a hotel. So I don't wow, know what a that Motor ends up. City podcast. Yeah, the it. the yeah exactly the Marriott sessions or something I'll call it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but if you want to support the pod, uh, like Brandon said, patreoncom cheating. Brandon, let's take a break and get right into wild card talk. All right, Brandon, it's game week 34. There's only five game weeks left in the season, and a lot of us, not all of us, but many of us are on wild cards right now. Now, there's a lot of different ways to talk about wild card strategy. It's very tricky to wild card in game week 34, by the way, because you're wild carding for like five game weeks. You know, normally when you wild card earlier on in the season, you don't really have to think so far ahead. But right mm-hmm. now, you, there's like an obligation, I feel like, to like kind of look like to the rest of the season. Um yeah. But I think that so there's a lot of different ways to talk about how to wild card, a lot of different ways to talk about the double game week in 35. The way that we're going to do it, just, just to be a little different, I think, but also because I think it'll be more fun than just running through our top five defenders or whatever, um, although we will talk about that in the, in the lightning round, is to go through all of the double game week teams and just talk a little bit about their fixtures and their prospects. And I think by talking about these double game week teams, these are teams that have double game weeks in 34 and or 35. Uh, you end up talking about almost all of the players that you want in your squad anyway, right? With maybe just a you know, couple of exceptions for you know, Liverpool and uh, possibly Jamie Vardy for Newcastle in Game Week 34. He's currently in my uh, wildcard squad still. So let's start things off with Arsenal. Um, Arsenal are a club that um, I don't really want to have a lot to do with. Um, I guess I will probably end up having... My my plan right now is to hold Vardy for game week 34 and bring in Lacazette in game week 35. Uh, they okay. play Palace and Wolves in game week 35. Um, honestly, neither of those fixtures are that great. I mean, Palace's no. defense is very solid, as we just saw. And, you know, Wolves' defense is um, – it's fine. It's not uh-huh. – it's fine. You know, I mean, they, they don't – Keep a lot of clean sheets. It's it's not a bad defense though, um, but it's a pretty good run in in general. I would say. Um, yeah, you know, the big yeah. the big complaint here would be uh, and Rokak o one o seven mentions this thinking about going without Arsenal players because of their despicable away form. What do you think? And yeah, you look at the run in and of these six fixtures, four of them are away from home. Yeah, and after the double game week, it's Leicester away, Brighton home, Burnley away. If you don't look at home or away, they are rather enticing. But Brighton mm-hmm. is that only home fixture. I mean, honestly, watching their match against Everton this weekend, I walked away from that thinking, I do not want to have anything to do <laughs> with Arsenal. I, for, e- for Even yeah. even Lacazette, he he did not look on his game. It's just one match. And I think that our Arsenal has been a little um, high and low throughout the season. Yeah. I, they have they have been. I mean, uh, it's Lacazette has been very good for a long time before this game week. He actually even had a couple of moments. I felt like 
in this match where he maybe had a couple of ch- I don't know like I, he had he I was a weird match he was like flopping on the floor the whole time I don't I didn't think that they were that physical that that Everton were that physical in the match it just seemed like it was like a it was kind of a vengery performance from them you yeah, know it was right, like they were right. like it's like they were they thought it was unjust or something yeah. and it was like I don't know it was just a weird uh, you know it's poor Ozil but he does kind of get the it's like when I when I think about Arsenal being kind of soft it's like I'm like well Ozil was starting you know yeah <laughs> it's sort of uh, unfair to him probably but um, yeah is there anyone that you would consider on Arsenal besides Lacazette I mean what about Aubameyang yeah there's actually one player from Arsenal who's in my wildcard team right now could you guess who it is uh Kolosnik? Close. You have to go farther back. Nacho Monreal? Burned Leno is the one player oh, in my team right now. And Leno, interesting. Kolasinac would really actually be the most appealing player for obvious reasons. He plays on the wing. He's really great getting for. He has been great at, in moments this season getting forward and yes. getting those uh, great balls into the box. But this tactical issue that really impacts every player in the Arsenal lineup. Yes. Emery decides at halftime during Everton that he wants to change up the tactics, which means Cola has to sit on the bench. If he brings Aubameyang and Lacazette in together, that means Ozil misses out. (laughs) Ramsey doesn't even start. The entire midfield is a no-go. Laka and Aubameyang seem kind of interchangeable with the preferred system. So that leaves you with one player in my mind. If I'm looking for safe options uh, for for a team where you can't predict what's going to happen, and that's Leno. Yeah, which is – and again, it's like with Leno, it's like do you really – I don't know. I mean I hadn't really considered him to be honest. Um, it's it's tempting. I mean I guess I forget. You know, you're right. That Everton match was so bad that it's coloring yeah. the way I think about this entire team. I mean yeah. he, they did keep two clean sheets back-to-back at home to Man United and Newcastle. On the road, though, I mean, I, I think they there haven't was some, kept a not, exactly. not a single clean sheet so the entire season, that, and they've been four that, that of the last a quick six rebuttal away. to my Leno. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And four of the last six are away. I feel like I would rather just go with with like a Ryan somebody else combination there and just save a little bit of money. Yeah. I actually have Ederson and Ryan right now on my double game week team, mostly because. Just the way it works out, I have a little extra cash, and I'm like, well, yeah. like you might as well just. I, mean, I don't think I'm going to have three city midfield and forward options so i'm like well i might as well stick it on you know yeah. stick it in the, in, in the keeper so well um, let me let me yeah. throw a quick philosophical question at you which i think we can use to inform a lot of our discussion going forward so you have arsenal they haven't kept a single clean sheet away from home all season it's like yep. an astounding stat but <laughs> you now have their current situation uh in the premier league where they're fighting for top four Right. The the goal would probably be to keep that defense as tight as possible. Can can a team like Arsenal or can any team? So we're about to talk about Brighton, which they've been kind of uh, not great recently yeah. and all yeah. season. And we're going to talk about you know maybe even captaining one of their players in the next double <laughs> double game week. Yeah. How much do you believe that a team can change its spots hmm. at this point in the season just to achieve a short term? goal like staying in the top four avoiding relegation yeah well i mean we've seen it before for sure i mean you know i mean famously lester did it a few seasons ago i'm sure there is examples every year the lester one is the most is the one that always comes to mind because it was so remarkable right they were they were down basically and then they just won like whatever it was you know like it felt like six consecutive one nil matches or something like that yeah 
Yeah. Um, so I do. I mean, after, after being one of the leakiest teams, it'd be like a Fulham like suddenly clean sheeted their way to staying up this year. You know, yes. <laughs> like it just yeah, it's like, not going to happen. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Emery has to throw a pizza party for these guys, and uh, that that'll really be, get it together. That might be the only way to do it. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't know if they can. And I think what what worries me even more. Um, and I guess this is where Leno becomes a better shout is, you know, they are also in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. I mean, there's a decent chance they actually make the finals of that, right? I mean, I, I think they – don't they play like Sevilla or something in the quarterfinals? So it's it's they not play like Nap- – Napoli. Napoli, right. So yeah. that's not an easy match at all. I mean, they, they no. could lose that. But, but I mean, Emery is also kind of like a – like a Europa League genius, right? I think mm-hmm. he's won three Europa League titles. It'd be interesting if Arsenal actually crack the uh, Champions League next year to see what he does there. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess Emery like sort of famously lost that. Um, was it like were they up like was, was PSG up like four goals or something over Barcelona? Oh, Barcelona, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, so <laughs> I guess you do have. I that. can't imagine he ever yeah. thinks about that. Yeah, but but winning three. I mean, the guy has won three Europa League, so clearly he knows what he's doing in that league. Yeah. Uh, so it's it seems inevitable to me that Arsenal and Chelsea are going to meet in the finals of the of the yeah. Europa League. Uh, Aubameyang, though, just quickly back to him. Is there any any thought for him? It just seems like he's a little too expensive, right, for being kind of a rotation risk. Yeah, rotation risk for a guy that that's expen- that is that expensive, and his peer in Lacazette is cheaper and just as good, uh, given yeah. recent form. So I yeah. think it's for me, it's no question. If you're going to go for any attacking player, it's Lacazette. Yeah. I mean, Aubameyang has started five of the last seven matches in the Premier League for Arsenal. So um, I think that tells you kind of everything you need to know there. And not for eleven million, you just I mean, even Aguero isn't that much rotation risk. So yeah, right, yeah. All right, Brighton. Here we go. All right, we got oh a couple. Br- I'm going to set the table with a couple Brighton questions. All right, I'm just yeah. going to I'm just going to uh-huh. run through all four of them, and then we I think we'll answer them as we go. All right. Uh-huh. So, so Sam Danby says triple Brighton defense for a minus eight. FPL Ant says Captain Duffy over Kane. Uh, TRPLR says how many is too many with Brighton. And then Barry Johnson uh-huh. with my favorite. He says, "How could a team playing four five one all season have absolutely no appealing midfielders?" <laughs> That's a very good. That is a very good question. We're... All right. So here's the, the the tricky thing with Brighton is they have two good fixtures and then a bunch of crap. Right. Yep. I mean, yep. uh, I guess they play Newcastle at home in 36, but they uh-huh. they play Wolves away in 35. That's a bad fixture. They play Spurs away in 35. Not a good fixture. They play Arsenal and Man City to close out the season. You don't want to be starting a Brighton player in those games. No. So at the same time, you can burn transfers to take out Brighton players. You don't you don't have to have them the entire season if you have them in game week 34, right? Uh-huh. And, and a well-set-up team – especially like a a wildcard team that's set up correctly. Shouldn't you shouldn't be, you shouldn't need to make that many transfers, you know? I mean, you know, I mean, okay. Yeah. You're probably going to make one going from 34 to 35 for the double, but after that, you should be able to tinker at the edges and and bring in some different, you know, players. So Mm -hmm. I just feel like there is a tendency right now to completely overlook this, this game week 34 double. And I, I, I just, I don't personally want to do it. I, I, there's, I don't know. It's like, I know it's not the big double, but their players are super cheap. And we'll yes. talk about Cardiff in a second too. I mean, to not go without—I mean, I don't know—and they're both and they're home for two matches in a row. I mean, to not have any Brighton coverage seems unwise. And yes. I'm really considering having two Brighton players, probably two Brighton defenders. Um, where are you on Brighton right now? I also have two Brighton in my current tinker, and uh, it's Matt Ryan, who I've had for since. 
since ye olden times. I, I think you still had him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I do. I have, uh, he, he's like a barnacle, just like uh, Belbuena is. Though Belbuena has been tinkered out of my wild card. Thank God. Um, and then and then Shane Duffy. Um, why not? I'm kind of a part of me is also just kind of for fun playing the uh, the price value um, rises and falls the for this first few mm-hmm. days of my wild card. Sure. But my this is this is the stupidest plan maybe I've ever had uh, playing FPL. But I want to play Matt Ryan in goal and then turn him into Ben Foster going into double game week 35. And is it not the most hilarious thing to play a wild card and then immediately use a transfer on a goalkeeper? I just don't know <laughs> if I could come back and podcast next week having had done that. Well, I mean, it's a wild card. You know, they're always like a little funky, you know, like yeah. like the, the things you do out of a wild card are always like a little strange. So I mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's OK. Um, it, I don't know about you. When I when I initiated my wild card, I mean, I think I dropped about 13 players. Uh, uh-huh. The only players who stayed in my squad, I guess it was 12. I Well, it, well, Jimenez, Pogba, and Robertson are still in my team. Um, I have Vardy, which doesn't really seem like I've kept him because I just brought him in in game week 33. But Vardy stayed in there as well right now. So I moved 11 players. And yeah, yeah I mean, I said goodbye to Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, Bye-bye. Loved the ambiguity of having you. I never knew if you were going to play or get pulled <laughs> off before 60 minutes and if you're going to give you three assists in a match. It was always up in the air. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I, I got rid of um, I got rid of uh, Mo Salah, too, which he's been in my squad the entire 33 weeks of the season. He never left my squad. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually took a pretty big team value hit when I started dropping those players. Aaron Wambasaka finally went out as well. So it was, yeah, it was a strange one. Um but right, yeah, right now I've got, I actually have three Brighton players right now. I've got Dunk, Duffy, and Ryan. Um, I don't know if that stands because I think if I'm going to do this this Vardy move where I keep him for one game week and then I move him to Lacazette, um, I I don't necessarily want to burn four to drop a goalkeeper, <laughs> and I don't really want to have triple Brighton on a bench boost in 35. Yes, and it that seems that's like exactly much. what I was gonna I was gonna echo that point. I think if you're gonna play Brighton, it has to be for game week 34. And yep. I don't know, you don't need a full on exit strategy, but I, I agree. You don't want to be overloaded with Brighton for game week 35, even though it is a double. Um, yeah. It's probably just going to be a mess. Any points that you're going to get from them are almost certainly coming in 34. All right. What about uh, midfielders? I mean, Anthony Tryhard, Knockart, Sally March, Davy Proper. I mean, Dale Stevens. Also. I Dale think Dale Stevens, Stevens is uh, probably a, a decent bench midfielder i mean not decent decent is putting it strong strongly um they all stink frankly yeah yeah that's that's the better way of putting it that they all stink i think that's a fact um (laughs) and it's not worth it you know because we just got done talking about uh it you're creating a problem that you're going to have to solve with your brighton players in 35 if you bring a midfielder into that equation the problem just got bigger man so yeah i think just play the, the defensive gambit and go from there and I'm not going to have Glenn Murray either. That would be the other one, I guess. Is to, you know, you could have Glenn Murray. You're only going to get 120 minutes out of him. Is that enough? Is that is that enough to have him? I mean, do I really want to captain him? I mean, the guy just we're just going off three points from from Glenn Murray in 110 minutes in game week 32. You know, one of them was a full 90 minutes in a Southampton at home match. So, yeah. you know, and then he played 20 away to Chelsea. It feels like there's a there's a chance you could captain him for game week 32, and you might just get three points again. 
Yeah, game week 34, you mean. I think it really is a brave move. My issue is there are so many other strikers that I feel like I want a piece of. I, I mean, I still like you have Vardy in my team. Troy yep. Dini is is fresh in our thoughts. We're going to talk sure. about uh, Jimenez some more. Yep. And where does Glenn Murray fit into that? I think that is just a it's a big differential punt. So, yep. you know, you're kind of just counting on him to score a brace in one of those games. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he fits in either. I, he doesn't fit in. It really, to me, it's it's defenders or nothing uh, with this Brighton team. And um, yeah, I think that having more than two is is not a good idea. I think mm-hmm. I think having two is fine. I mean, they do have a double game week in thirty five. It's Wolves and Spurs away. It's not great, but you know, Wolves and Spurs both are pretty leaky. And you know, if you had Duffy or something, you know, like Duffy and Ryan does seem like a pretty decent combination, doesn't it? Because like Ryan, you know, in those in those two matches in thirty five, I mean, that guy could get six points from you, right? Yeah. It's like you get the, the equivalent of a clean sheet just in saves alone. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe they, I totally maybe they fluke a clean sheet away to Wolves. You know, like it wouldn't be unprecedented for something like that to happen. All right, so let's move on to the next squad, uh, Cardiff. We have no questions about Cardiff. <laughs> no, uh, I don't have any questions yeah. for you. I'd prefer to not talk about Cardiff. I think um, hmm. they. Wow. <laughs> okay, we've got to talk about we've got to talk about Camarasa. Okay, I mean he's the only player we should talk about. But the defense, I think, once once Saul Bamba left, the defense stopped being fun. I mean, okay, sure, you could you could maybe have Manga. That that might be kind of fun. Um, yeah. You know, it's a. Um, I don't know, like, but you know, there's really no one else. You, I mean, Morrison. I don't know. It's just like they're you're not gonna get you're not gonna get clean sheets in either in either match for them. So, like, what's the point? Um, they are gonna have to yeah. score goals in these games uh, to survive. And right. yes, as you say, without one of their talismanic central defenders in Sol Bamba, it's gonna be really dicey for them. Neil right. Etheridge has looked a shadow of his early season self recently. I don't know if the pressure is getting to him. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess I do agree with you. If we're going to talk about Cardiff players, it has to be cheap midfielders or. Right. Um, I mean, Camarasa is 4.5 million and has two goals in his last three matches, uh, five yeah. goals and three assists on the season. He's, you know, he costs you nothing. Um, and I mean, I don't know, like I, there's this like feeling that you want to maximize your points, you know, where you're like, well, I'm doubled up on Brighton. So like, I want to cross my fingers and hope Cardiff doesn't do well. So I don't want to bring in Camarasa, but mm-hmm. you could argue that just having him is like a way to kind of double cover your bases, you know? And like, you know, either if they score, he's probably going to be involved. And if they don't, then you're probably still going to get four points from him. So, um, yeah. you know, which isn't a terrible return for a, you know, fourth midfielder if you're going, you know, somewhere some, some like that. Especially, you know, like right now I've got him in my squad and um, I, I actually have Jerry D in my squad too. Uh, and the plan for me would be to start Cam Ross in 34 uh, then have Jerry D on the bench. Um, and then, and then obviously, um, and I still have him on the bench post in 35 too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. then the problem There's... is they're home. They're, the issue there, uh, sorry, I'm like, it's hard to Go talk on. about this stuff, you know, but it's so complicated. But like, you know, the problem then is that in, in 35, uh, Cardiff are home to Liverpool, which is just about the worst match you could <laughs> you could want. Sure. But he's also done well in big games over the season. Like, I mean, the guy just, you know, he just scored, um, you know, in the Chelsea match. Um, you know, I think he scored away to Leicester earlier this season. He scored at home to Man United. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not like he's incapable of scoring a goal in a big match, scored at home to Arsenal. So, um, you I know, do not I, mean, I don't know, he could do something. 
I don't understand this uh, Cardiff squad. I'm looking at their stats page. Obviously, I don't follow Cardiff that that closely, and that's Obviously. not a humble brag. Um, <laughs> but guy, guy, star attacking players like Bobby Reed and and Josh Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. These guys don't even actually play. I don't even know who plays on this team. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I could not answer that question. Yeah, it feels like Nias has gotten a lot of minutes the last uh, few game weeks. Oh, good. Yeah, I yeah. was trying to pinpoint why Cardiff were going down. Oh, now <laughs> I right. know. All right, let's move on from Cardiff. I I, I, I think it's Camaros or bust for your wildcard uh-huh. team. Yeah. Uh, all right, Man- Manchester City, Brandon. There's okay. kind of a lot of a, a somewhat controversial squad, and I have to admit, I'm I'm slightly confused by this. Uh, Cinema Club Off says, "What to do with City? Two or one players, defense or attack." Uh, FPL Governor says, do we ignore Aguero at our peril? I, okay, I'm just going to say this, Brandon, and then you can you can fire back with a rejoinder if you want, you know, or, okay. or whatever. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or agree or uh, agree or disagree. Uh-huh. Um, I just don't feel like I'm like, – am I watching the same season as everybody else? Like Man City <laughs> have destroyed everybody all year, home, uh-huh. away. They don't have bad fixtures. Like mm-hmm. they have a double game week. Like there, there are two fixtures in a week for Man City players. Why would you not have two Man City midfield? Like, well, at least one Man City midfielder, one Man City forward. I mean, if Aguero is healthy, he is absolutely going to my squad for game week thirty four and thirty five. Um, and Sterling is the same way. I could see an argument for KDB. Um, maybe even tripled up with those three. Um, yeah. I, I just don't feel like. The idea that you would go without Man City or that you would only have like one Man City player, um, just feel, I mean, they're the one team that's guaranteed to score multiple goals in every match they play, um, no matter who they play. I mean, like yeah. what, Man United away is going to scare me? Like, they're going to score three goals in that match. <laughs> Spurs at home, Spurs defense is terrible. You know, like, well, where is the hard match here? And then they end the season with Burnley, Leicester, and Brighton. Yeah, I know that there's some rotation risk, but like, so what? You know, I mean, it's, I just, I don't know. I mean, come back at me if you if you disagree. I think it is a bulletproof test to show that the FPL community is not colorblind. They look at the fixture difficulty rating. They mm-hmm. see the double game week 35 is red. And now mm-hmm. we can verify that everyone can distinguish the color red in these fixtures. And yes, um, I, I don't totally disagree with you that um, that uh, there is. I don't disagree that there are no bad fixtures for Manchester City. Probably the top, well, okay, technically Liverpool are top of the league right now. But the problem is it's in the double game week, Spurs and United. While there will probably be goals there and Pep will want to start as strong a lineup as he has at his disposal, mm-hmm. um, it's coming at a congested a congested time in the season where mm-hmm. they are going to be playing these two games against Spurs. It's just going to be really physically grueling and... That's where Manchester City's squad depth really comes into play. And right. when we get to talk about Spurs, I that's where I think I'm really going to open up to you, Josh. Okay. And Spurs, even though they're probably going to come out worse for wear because mm-hmm. City will be able to rotate during these Champions League fixtures and league fixtures, Spurs have less squad depth. They're going to be more beat up. But yeah. they have uh, class players near right. the caliber of Man City's players that will not rotate. And uh, I was getting roasted for suggesting that Kane could be rested at home to Huddersfield uh, in gaming 34. I, I, I do want to plant that as a possibility, though. I, I'm not saying I won't have Kane. I'm not saying I actually have him in my squad right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's very possible that he that he 
plays and plays a full yeah. 90, but, but, and, and it's so much of it depends on what happens in the champions. Like, I mean, you can kind of disregard any champions like without a talk because yeah. we're recording this on Monday night, but you know, I think um, if they get a result in the first leg of that champions league, I mean, they're home, right? So like, there's a decent chance they can, if they're up to one or something in the champions league, and then they play the second leg next week and Kane played twice over the internationals played, you know, twice in the double game week. He'll played in this match as well. Like, why would you play him at home to Huddersfield? I I mean, it just feels like you could start almost anybody and they would be at Huddersfield. Like, why would you start your best player? You I, underestimate how much of a psychopath Harry Kane is and how much he yeah. wants that golden boot. So, yeah. um, I mean, that to would the be detriment the, of his own team. It sounds like. Yeah. To the detriment chances. of his probably, yeah. probably is his lifespan. His long-term health. <laughs> his yeah. long-term health. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the only, the only thing I think I can really say about the, just finishing up Manchester city is, um, who could say today as we're podcasting? I think that mm-hmm. it's so fluid with Manchester City that you have to watch and learn from the Champions League lineup and how they play and, you know, what little Pep gives away in his press conferences. And that's really all I can say. Yeah. Right now, we'll it see. just doesn't feel yeah. like it doesn't. It feels like, yes, you want a piece because there will be, you know, they will score goals. But. It just doesn't feel like the highest priority for me, weirdly, on a wild card. Yeah. Well, it's a very it's a very interesting question. I I, I really I really don't. uh, I will have at least two, if not three Man City players, and we'll just see where the how I spread them across my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the KDB shout over Sterling is is one worth considering. Um, you know, it feels like he's he's finally he finally looks like himself again, right? It took what thirty plus weeks. You knew he was himself when he or himself, whatever uh, tense I'm speaking in, um, when he really laid into Gabriel Jesus for fluffing that you know uh, that ball that he set up on a platter for him, and he yeah. missed it, and KDB just went off on him. And that's when I think you kind of knew he was back, where he knew he he's playing the best. He's creating high XG for these guys. That's <laughs> and they're screwing it up. Yeah, yeah. It it's like it feels like his last season feels so far away. You know, it's like we're still yeah. we still kind of think of him that way. But I mean, the guy. I mean, how many? Okay, I don't know if you don't pull it up if you haven't pulled it up. But just how many goals and assists do you think KDB has on the on the entire season? Total goals and assists. Uh, I don't know. Uh, zero goals and three assists. Two goals and one assist. Okay, that's like like. Like he's a, he's what like tripled up by Duffy on the season. Uh, it's a weird thing. Now, obviously, he's been he's battled health like basically the entire season, right? It's like every time something good happens. Yeah. Uh, I think he like I remember like in, I think it was in game week one away to Arsenal. I think he had a golden chance to score, um, and, uh, and and didn't do it. And then he like immediately got injured and he was out for like the next eight weeks. Yeah. So, so my, um, my experience yeah. with KDB last season was he was the type of player that earned out over time. Um, mm-hmm. He's just not as explosive as an Aguero right. or a Sterling, right. and if we're if we're just planning for five to six game weeks for the rest of the season, do I want the guy that is the turtle as opposed to the hare? Yeah, I think that's I think that's that makes sense, and I you know and that yeah, it's tricky. I mean, yeah, you're right with 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 five now. Technically, it's six game weeks left for these guys. Yeah. So you know, yeah. six game weeks left, uh, six matches, I should say. Um, 
I don't know. How many matches do you think Sterling plays? It's, it's got to be like five out of six, though, right? I mean, at yeah, least four. Rest, at yeah. least four, maybe subbed in one, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and Aguero, I mean, what I would love would be for Aguero not to start this, not to start at midweek, right? Maybe he comes mm-hmm. off the bench or something. And then you've got a fresh Aguero for Palace away. Um, and that would be a captainable fixture for him, yep. um, you know, if you if, you know if you had him in the team. So, all right, let's let's keep moving though. Uh, Man United, uh, the team that no one's in on anymore. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm on my lonely island where I've still got Paul Pogba on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a an really kind of a mediocre double to be honest. They play Everton and Man City. Uh, they do play West Ham at home to game game week thirty four though, which is an excellent fixture. Um, what do you think? Do you have any Man City, Man United coverage? Are you considering anybody? What's your What's your thoughts on them? I have no Manchester United players in my current tinker, and they are far from my thoughts. They haven't looked looked great to me watching them play the last couple of matches. Paul Pogba, especially. I mean, uh, you know, we don't need to say much more about how his form has really tailed off recently. You've yeah. got this. Uh, push and pull between Rashford and Lukaku, which makes it really difficult to zero in on, on who the best goal scorer is going to be. And their defense is just, it's just a tough, it's a tough beat. I mean, going through game week, double game week 32 with their, uh, their defense was heartbreaking for so many managers. It is going to take a while for us to shake that off. Um, so, yeah, I just don't find it appealing. I mean, Pogba, I feel like there are so many mid-table teams to mm-hmm. draw upon to fill in the midfield. And so Pogba, I feel like, is the first to go when I'm looking to, like, I find somebody really appealing like like Diego Jota. Uh, and I, I'll i drop him so I can have my big premium midfielder like Raheem Sterling and Pogba goes so I can get Jota. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I mean, kind of. You know, if I, if I if I end up kind of chickening out and real and just deciding to have Kane and Aguero, um, I really want Aguero, and Kane is the player I would actually I would actually like to go with that. We'll talk more about Spurs in a minute. Um, but I think in order to afford that, I would have to move Pogba to somebody. I don't know, like a a James Ward Prowse type player, you know. But I mean, we'll talk about Spurs in a second too, or about Southampton. Like they do have some good fixtures and. And, you know, Ward Process has six goals in his last nine matches. So, you know, it may not be that much of a downgrade. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can just move on from Man United, right? I guess we're, we kind yeah. of feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, they have their champ- the last few game weeks. Yeah. And we'll say again, they have Champions League. Um, they're playing Barcelona midweek. Yeah. Huge so, matches. I mean, if, if, if they get demolished by Barcelona on the first leg, then maybe. They have to turn their focus to the league to consolidate their top four position. Right. So, again, that's one to watch and monitor. They, their season ends on a real high note. They play Huddersfield and Cardiff in the final two. So, you know, I think we'll probably – a lot of us will make transfers in a few weeks to bring their players in. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they play Man City and Chelsea back-to-back in 35 and 36. So, you know, just – I, I'm I'm talking myself into dropping Pogba too. It's it's so hard to do because I've got so much money built into him. You know, I bought him so mm-hmm. cheap, but um, it may have to happen. All right, a couple more teams to go. Southampton. I don't have any Southampton players right now, um, and I, I you know, Valerie would be the one I'd consider. That that's sort of the one that I would look at. Um, I'm not, and maybe maybe more pros. I mentioned a moment ago. I I'm not as high on some of these. 
Southampton players as some people seem to be. What do you think about what do you think about this team? Yeah, we have a question here from Ian Waring too to help get the conversation going. Seeing a lot of wild card teams with four plus Liverpool and Southampton players, I was planning to to uh, on going without coverage of either. Is it just a case of being swayed by the emerging template versus going with my gut? Yes, like you, I have seen a number of wild cards with Southampton players, and I genuinely like it. Uh, I think Southampton have looked much improved. Just look mm-hmm. at their first half performance against Liverpool. Um, their pressing style was really quite electric. That said, if you're still looking at Southampton going forward and your options are Nathan Redman and Shane Long, no, you can you can leave me out. James Ward-Prowse just on the set piece threat is mm-hmm. what gets him through into an, uh, a wild card tinker. Yep. But, uh, yeah, the one thing to point out with Southampton, I think, are their fullbacks in Ryan Bertrand and Valerie. I think those are the two players that you would want to target. Bertrand had some health issues earlier in the season, fully healthy. Right. He wears the armband. He's locked in. And I think that he has some attacking output due for him before the season is over. Yeah. And Valerie is 4.1 million with two goals in his last four. Um, you know, I think that the thing about – the thing that's about Southampton is I don't feel like I need them for the double, but having a 4.1 million player on my bet who I could start in game weeks 36 and 38 when they play actually 36, 37 and 38, right? They play a trio of on the beach teams, right? In Bournemouth, West Ham and Huddersfield. Uh, it's a great end of the season. Now Southampton, Southampton are a little bit like Leicester where in a sense, they don't have a lot to play for either because they're like almost for sure staying up right at this point. But they have a new manager and there's a lot of new players in the squad, much like Leicester, where what they're playing for is next season. you know. And I think with a team like Bournemouth, it's a pretty settled squad, same manager, obviously. I don't think there's quite as much motivation there. you know. But I think that, yeah. I think that with Southampton, they're kind of trying to earn their starting spot next season. I mean, it is just a five-point difference between them and Cardiff. It's If Cardiff were to survive, it's between Southampton and Brighton. Now, I'm not here to tell you that Cardiff are going to extricate themselves from the basement. They m- almost certainly will. But there right. will be pressure on Southampton to get to 40 points as quickly as right. possible. Which you could argue is a, is another plus for their assets, right? So, yes, exactly. You know, yeah. And it go, goes back to my earlier question of can a team change its spots? And the narrative matches up for me with Southampton because their form has uh, noticeably changed since Hudel arrived at Southampton. Therefore, yeah. there is a logic to why they're playing the way they are, it, and it is no longer this sort of new manager bounce hokum. I, I think they're yeah. actually a better team than they were earlier in the season. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You're, you're actually talking me into this, Brandon. I, I'm sort of, <laughs> okay. I'm sort of like coming around on this. I, I was very negative when I first started thinking about them. Maybe I'm coming around a little bit. All right, uh, all right. Yeah, let's maybe let's something positive yeah. will come out of this podcast. Yeah, but you will not convince me that uh, Nathan Redmond doesn't suck. Okay, that's like I can't, he crossed 100 points this season. It's amazing. I don't think he's ever done that. Uh, nope, he's done it two times before this. So the, the third time he's done it, fair enough. Well, well played, David Redmond. He gets I the award like for it. man who has aged the most during the course of the season. He's lost <laughs> yeah. all of his hair and he has these giant bags <laughs> under his eyes. So, yeah. So I hope you're okay, Nathan. All right, Spurs. We talked about them a little bit already. Uh, a lot of green to end the season. Uh, Michael Carlson says, do we really trust Spurs defensively? What do you think? Do we really trust them? 
Uh, definitely tink- had a tinker, one of those pre-hit-the-transfer-button tinkers on the wild card where I had mm-hmm. Vertonghen in there, and then mm-hmm. I was like, nah, that's crazy. I did the same thing. I uh-huh. did the exact same thing. I had Vertonghen, and then I was like, why do I want a Spurs defender? Yeah. So yeah. I am feeling so pumped on Spurs right now, and I want to go so triple attack. I want to do Kane and Erickson and Son. But, okay, uh-huh. you ever notice when you when you listen to Gary Neville talk, and maybe this is like a Mancunian thing, but there is always like blah, 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 but, so this is my, this is my <laughs> yeah. but, um, okay. they're just going to get the crap beat out of them by playing City three times in the uh-huh. course of two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, you, you were talking with regard to Kane, and I think you can put that on any player in, or most players in the Spurs lineup. Where are they going to be in terms of needing rest, rotation, injury, uh, all of that? I don't yeah. want to go full on Spurs only to just have some team that's just dying on the field against Brighton because they have put everything they had into three matches against Manchester City. It's so dramatic. Yeah, it's possible, though. It's true. That's what you see. I, I was Who, channeling Gary Neville there. Sounds like a, it sounds like a Game of Thrones. A who dies by the end of the season for Spurs? They all do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, great end of the season for sure. Brighton, West Ham, Bournemouth, Everton. I like them a lot more once they lose to Man City in the Champions League. Yeah, you know, yeah. if they if they do, which which I, I they're certainly favored to do. Um, I, don't, I don't mean that as any disrespect to them, but like I mean they've they've lost a lot of matches recently. Like they're you know, and Kane. I mean, okay, maybe my bias against Kane comes from having him for double game week and, and getting nothing out of him, you know, and and sort of feeling like I was kind of foolish to have him at all, you know. I mean, he just doesn't. I don't know. He's, you, he's just not. He doesn't look like. Did you just meet this Harry Kane? This you know in the last this season's month? Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I had him for some really good runs in the winter, and then I, since the ankle, it's like he's getting these goals, but he doesn't. He's not impressing, right? It's like he's got 17 goals and success of the season, and it's like it feels like a huge letdown this year, doesn't it? Yeah, I do agree. It has been a letdown. I mean, it's been a letdown for the entire Spurs team. It's, you know, the the theories of it still. For them, one of the biggest hit by World Cup hangover mm-hmm. uh, with all the members of the England squad. But uh, you're going to convince me if you if you say Harry Kane is definitely going to start at home in game week 34 against Huddersfield, a guy who is probably couldn't sleep the night after the Crystal Palace home opener because he didn't score and get mm-hmm. to see his name on the big new team. He should have had a pen. That should be an automatic pen. Why did they do a play-on <laughs> for Erickson to get that goal? Yeah. <laughs> cruel, it was fluky. cruel and unusual. It was cruel fluky. and unusual. He should, have scored. he should have had a goal there. Yeah, but uh, you, would, yeah. you would not want to have Harry Kane for game week 34 not feel, or feel that you needed him. Well. This is where this is where ownership becomes a big thing because I think that uh, he may be just too highly owned. It, it's you know honestly, it's like having Hazard in game week thirty three, where I didn't have a lot of faith in him, um, and and I just felt like it was too risky not to have him. You know, he, he ended up coming through, right? I mean, yeah. um, and God, now he's now he's like back in top form again. You know, uh, of course, and after all the crap I've talked about him, but hey, credit where it's due, he's been fantastic. Um, I mean, I captained him this game week. I mean, I, this is the thing about fantasy. Like, you know, you have, I mean, like, you can always change your mind, you know? Like, 
I'm not like locked in. I, I want to talk about this to the top of the podcast. We're way too far into really get into it now. But I think like, yeah, people like feel like they've got to be consistent in their opinions or something. And it's like, who cares? Like I thought Sterling was crap two weeks ago. Now I love him. I want to triple captain him. You know, it's like I can just uh-huh. change whenever I want to. You know, like I, <laughs> no, one's, no, one, no, one, no one's like keeping track of my opinions, even if they are like, who cares? Screw them. I'm you just, know? just imagining your daughter looking into your eyes and saying, Daddy, I – don't even know you anymore. <laughs> All right. We're going really long here. So let's take the final two teams together. Okay. Uh-huh. Watford, Watford and Wolves. Uh, Danny Bean says, I've been waiting the entire season to ask this question, lads. Is Delafeu essential? What a question. Sure. What a question. I mean, who am I to say he's inessential? Um, he's in fun, my team. He's a, he's a fun player. I mean, I... I think it is. You could you could dabble in the art of decore, and it sounds fun, but you mm-hmm. have to go with the guy that plays farther forward, and that's Gerard de la Feu. And I yep. think if it's gonna, not going to be him, then I think you're talking yourself into getting Troy Deeney as a striker, which I don't yep. think is a terrible idea. I mean, credit to decore. He's going to finish on like – nine goals and nine assists in the season. And we're just never going to talk about him. <laughs> <Yep. So> I, <laughs> yeah. And then he's going to go uh, yeah. play for Benfica next season. And mm-hmm. you'll, you'll, he'll be a trivia question. And so yeah. on some podcast and, until years yeah, from then, now. Well, then he'll get bought by Barcelona like three years from now. And yeah, you know, <laughs> win a champions league. Um, all right. So Watford and Wolves, uh, Jimenez is an absolute lock for my team. And I think, um, you know, I, I definite captain option for game week 35, wouldn't you say? I mean, Brighton Arsenal at home. Yeah. I mean, this this is this is why Raul Jimenez exists. And it's we you, a lot of us were scared off of him in the last double. You were not, Josh. You were rewarded for keeping the faith. And he mm-hmm. came back with uh, a goal in his 12 point. Really, really the story of my season, to be honest, has been keeping the faith of some of these players. I mean, PVA and and uh, Dean as well. God's, so. it's God's plan, Josh. It's God's <laughs> plan. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been waiting for sort of a sure, sure sign to keep and play Raul with double game weeks on the horizon. So now's the mm-hmm. time, and it's going to be fun to have him. Yeah, you if you have him, don't tinker him out. Probably because yep. you have a lot of value bill in him, and you won't be able to get him back once you start tinkering. So yeah, yeah I agree. He's not going anywhere. I. With both of these teams, the attack feels much more appealing, both with Watford and Wolves. I talked about getting Ben Foster in just to play the 35 double Huddersfield and Southampton, and that Southampton match being at home is mm-hmm. probably a, one of the best defensive doubles that you could target in game week 35. But Watford is a team that on any day gets the crap beaten out of them. Uh, how many teams have beat them by five or six goals this season so um you know even though that's a great defensive double is it a great defense i'm i'm not so sure but then you look at attacking players like we were mentioning de la feo and decore dini uh among others i think those are some fun options that are at a cheap price so you said you still have um you still have vardy and you have ryan in your team and so you're talking about making a Ryan to um to foster move in 35 would you then hold Vardy or would you burn four and drop Vardy I mean I'd probably burn four Hmm. yeah are you taking notes you writing this down Josh no I'm just like (laughs) burn four to take out a keeper before a double that you wouldn't you would not do that I I don't think I I can't well listen this is this is all theoretical 
talk. This isn't sure. like I, I've, I don't, in astrophysics territory now. I understand. No, it's not that. It's not like I don't. I don't go and buy a spreadsheet from Ben Krellen to tell me what all my <laughs> transfers are going to be or anything like that. These are potential <laughs> moves to get me to where uh-huh. I want to be. So. Yeah, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't even sorry. I was just. I was just a genuine question. I was just curious. Um, I, so we both have. So we, do we both have Jimenez, Jota? Do you have a Do you have a Wolves defender too? I don't have a In Wolves defender at this moment. No. I, I've got Johnny right now, and uh, I'm not sure he'll stay because he does get rotated sometimes. But if Johnny were to start a lot of these matches, um, he's actually really. He's got a lot of goal threat. I mean, he doesn't finish the way the way that Doherty does, but he's a lot cheaper. He's almost a million cheaper and he's very, very threatening in the box. Um, huge neck know. too. Yeah. Huge neck. Um, and he's 4.3 million. I mean, he doesn't cost you anything. And so he's a great enabler with a lot of good fixtures over the final six matches for them. And, um, I think he's, I think he's a real contender for, um, for a def- one of your five defender spots. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think that's Wolves and Watford sort of, uh, from a high level view. Great. Well, that's, uh, hey, we're only like four hours in, so let's take a quick break. <laughs> and uh, we have a lightning round. Uh, we've got some some broad uh, Game Week 34 and double Game Week questions to talk about. Great. Joshua, it's my favorite part of the podcast when we get to talk about our friends at Starting 11. Starting 11, the live Premier League fantasy app for your iPhone or Android device that you can play for free or play for cash prizes i love it i love playing for cash anything cash brennan we're talking a lot about wild cards here josh and the beauty of starting 11 is any day in which there are two or more premier league matches you're on a wild card because you get to pick a fresh brand new best 11 man squad you have no budgetary restrictions you know the pain when you got your you have your wild card just perfect with fpl and then you're point one short of pulling in that last puzzle piece that will never happen <laughs> on starting 11 because there is no budget so I, uh, one thing i will say too about that that wild card thing is like it is the first couple times you do the starting 11 it's like you you end up like i'm like i want like eight players from man city you know it's like you have these like horribly unbalanced squads you know because you're like yeah that's what i would do <laughs> uh and then and then the game week happens and you get crushed you're like oh right that doesn't actually work it's like a good it's yes. like a good lesson for how to think about fantasy too like uh, you gotta like spread your spread your assets around actually you know for sure can. for sure and that's the beauty you can bring what you know about fpl to starting 11 the, the point scoring is highly positive there are no negative points here like you get with the fpl bonus point system you can even tinker with your lineup right up until kickoff so when those team sheets come out for the first round of fixtures when man when you find out your man city player isn't even uh in the in the 18 you can tinker <laughs> yep uh, so join thousands of players who are playing starting 11 around the world competing in English Premier League contests for cash and for pride. If you're on an iPhone, cash games are live for you now in the UK, US, Canada and Germany. If you use an Android, cash games are live in the UK or just pick up the app and play for free wherever you are. All right. So download the app today. Go to the Apple App Store, or the Google Play Store or visit starting11.io for links. There are more details on how you can get the most out of the app. Brandon, do not waste your money gambling on things you don't understand. Be smart like us and participate in a game that you do, like starting 11. Brandon, the lightning round is here. We, we're going very long in this week's podcast, so we're going to do a short lightning round this week. I, I know that I say that and then we go long, but this time 
I, I'm sticking, I'm a man of my word and each answer should be less than 30 seconds. Uh, despite the fact that it's going to take more than 30 seconds to read some of these questions, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. do it. DJ Newton says, can you name a player who would play all of game week 34 and 36 matches, including European cup games? Who is completely fixture proof apart from obviously the keepers? Are we being set up by DJ here? Is, is this, this is a true question, right? Like I mean, someone's going to come yell at us after yeah, we pick somebody. I do, I do hear your argument for Kane getting rested at Huddersfield, um, but I think if, any, if it's going to be anyone, it would be him if we're not mm-hmm. talking about goalkeepers. I mean, maybe yeah. there are some hardy central defenders like Jan Vertonghen uh, mm-hmm. or Toby Alderweireld, but you know, we said what we said about Spurs' defense earlier. If you're looking for attackers who have European competitions, I think it's Harry Kane. Paul Pogba? Um, yeah, good you know, point. I think he's another player who um, would would probably almost um, certainly play in every every match, probably the rest of the season. You know, doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires. Was not just played in many matches by Mourinho. It feels like Mourinho managing them was so long ago now, doesn't it? Like it, it does. Like ages ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, Sun. Obviously, all the Man City players are at risk. Um, Lacazette is probably a player I would trust to start a lot of the matches. It does seem like the way we'll see, we'll see if he starts in the Europa league match on Thursday, but he has not been recently. It feels like he's kind of a little fixture proof, um, at the top of the arsenal attack. So, yeah. um, yeah, that, those are a couple. Okay. Um, all right. Next question. Uh, AJ says, uh, how are you balancing? My, my wife liked AJ too. That was, we met him a couple weeks ago. He got oh. the, he got the wife seal of approval <laughs> along with Dan, along with Danny Bean. Uh, the patron seal of approval. She popped into the bar and we were there. Everyone wants the wife seal of approval. Well done. Of course. AJ. Of course. I, um, I have yet to get it, AJ. That's true. But Quinn did call you uncle B this weekend. So that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was make my me daughter. Beam. That does make me beam. <laughs> AJ says, how are you balancing loading up for double game week 35 versus setting up your squad for the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, I guess we didn't really full on grapple with this question. We're really focusing on the double game weeks, 35 and the earlier section in the pod, yeah. but, um, this, it'd be a four hour pod if we did every, yeah, yeah, <laughs> every, all, all, all six game weeks to end the season. I'm honestly know, trying five, to take five. it all into consideration. So yep. we're going into game week 34, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's five more free well, so I guess no. It's four free transfers that you have left after your wild right. card. Did I do that right? Um, yeah, 35, 36, 37, 38. Yeah. So imagine that. You set a team of 15 players, and then you can for free only move four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think with that considered, you do have to take the rest of the season into consideration quite a bit. Yeah. If there was a big double in 37, then maybe I think we'd be talking a little bit more free, freely about, well, you know, go big in 35 and then burn a boatload of points for 37 as well. But it just doesn't feel yeah. like that is the way to go at this point with only one double left. Yeah. This to me is an argument for playing the quality game versus the fixture game, you know, like just loading up on good players as opposed to loading up on players that have good fixtures. Um, you know, and so it's like, do you, do you want to be tripled up on Brighton and have a, and have a Cardiff player too, when those would be, you know, those players might end up in your season. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, maybe one of your top players gets an injury and you just can't move them before 35, 36 or whatever. Um, you know, do you want to have, I mean, it's possible to have a wildcard team that has like, to Southampton, 
you know, uh, three Brighton, one card, you know, and suddenly you're like, what happened to my team? I've got like crap everywhere. You know, <laughs> I got these like, t- you know, these like, I mean, they're not like they're the fixtures are good, but like, I mean, honestly, you just don't want to be overloaded on these teams that are bad, you know? And mm-hmm. I think actually even Arsenal kind of fits in that category where like, you don't really want more than one, you know? I mean, all disrespect, all, all respect to them. They, they've, you know, no disrespect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're they're angling for the top four, and they've had a good season, but that defense is pretty shaky, and um, and the midfield rotates a lot. I mean, Mkhitaryan would be fun, but he just doesn't, you know, play enough or deliver when he does. So, yep. um, and Ramsey's in the same same boat. All right. So, Len, you're talking about inessential players here. The next two questions come from Dave C. Which players, if any, do you consider must-haves for the rest of the season, perhaps top five? And Matt Seward also wants to know what players, if any, do you consider to be essential for those of us wild-carding in 34 and bench-boosting in 35? We've talked about so many players. We've talked about all (laughs) the teams who are doubling in 35. Who Are there any who are just downright essential? Jimenez and Duffy. Those Mm -hmm. are the two, Brandon. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, Honestly, I think... Okay, one one of Aguero and Kane. I don't know if you need both. Um, outside of that, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, we didn't talk about Liverpool at all. Are you considering Mane? Are you considering Salah? Are you considering Rabo? You know, are any of those guys in your your team right now? Yeah, uh, Robertson and I have still have three Liverpool in my team. Robertson, Van Dyke, and Salah. Van Dyke is wow. He's leaving. I just don't know for who yet. Mm-hmm. Salah is really tempting to keep. Now, maybe I'm just overawed by the goal he scored against Southampton um, mm-hmm. or just how tattoo-less his tor- upper torso is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm tempted. I think of Liverpool, Robertson is the most appealing he uh I mean, it's same with Van Dijk. He seems rotation proof. It, I think Liverpool defense is really worth having for the rest of the season. It's their bread mm. and butter this season. They're chasing. Yeah. They're going to need to keep it tight back there. Yeah, um, I, I still have Robertson too. I don't have Mane or or uh, or Salah right now, mm-hmm. and I think I'm. So the Chelsea fixture. <sighs> to me is just like it's it's not a great fixture it's it's not a bad fixture because they're at home but it's not great either and so i'm just going to go without 35 is a double and i just even though i would like to have them for the card of away i'm just going to have to cross my fingers and hope that nobody goes off and because it's a double they're not really going to be that highly captained anyway so it's not going to hurt you that much like unless Saul goes off for like 27 points or something it's right. not going to it's not going to ruin your season um and then the goal would really be to you know, see how the Champions League plays out, and mm-hmm. if it looks like they're set up to to play, um, or like I, I, to be honest, like I, I Liverpool fans would want to hear this, but like it would be great if they got knocked out of the Champions League. <laughs> uh, that would really like clear things up a lot, and then you'd have Huddersfield, Newcastle, Wolves in the final three, and you would just try to find a way to get tripled up, even burn points to do it. It just seems if you get past that Chelsea fixture, you're looking at Cardiff, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Wolves. For a team that is going to need to win the rest of their games to win right. the title. Just what do I lose, though, if I have a 13 million player in a double game week who only mm-hmm. has one fixture? You know, it's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, 
that's just who hasn't been in great form outside of the one yep. goal that he scored. He yeah, doesn't get yep. bonus points. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I um, definitely think you're on the right side of this argument, but it, yeah, I'm just, just going to point that out. I'm just going to plant I the don't seed like, of doubt. I don't like not having him. And yeah. to be honest, it actually is an argument for having someone like Erickson, if only because it's easy to make the Erickson to Mane move. You know, it's like, Sometimes, like, if you have a player who's in that weird price point of, like, the Sun price point where it's, like, $8.5 million or whatever, yeah, it's, like, you end up spending the money elsewhere, you know, and you don't really have it to make the move easily. And so you just kind of don't do it because it's just too hard to do. Yeah. Um, but if it's, like, one move and you can just do it without burning any points, sometimes that's yeah. easier. So, um, all right. Next question uh, is from uh, – do we answer Sway. the question from Sway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, do we answer it or not? We have not. Sway is up next. Okay. Give the man the, pl- right. the, the floor. <laughs> Sway says, is it foolish to leave $1.5 million in the bank in a plan to get Sal in against Huddersfield instead of upgrading the bench for the bench boost the following week? Wow, we provided the perfect segue for Sway's question. This is amazing. Um, yeah. I I think if I was in that that situation, I'd be planning to get somebody like Mane in as opposed to Sala because it just seems like... That's a lot of unspent money that could really help you in the double game weeks. Yeah. When I dropped Salah, it kind of felt like that was it. Like there was probably no coming back for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, this season because um, he's just so expensive and and I don't trust him anymore. I mean, the only um, way for that yeah. this to be a, a thing in reality, Sway, is if you're dropping Sterling, I think. Or... Right. I guess that would be the way to do it. Yeah. So it's, there's, yeah, there's, I don't think it's, I think it makes sense. I, I just do, I think with the Champions League, there, there, there's a little bit of rotation risk there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's not like a match that you would need Salah for, you know? Yeah. So I mean, maybe I just overstay rotation though. Uh, all right. Jabron Chata says, are there any mid table sides on the beach you'd steer clear of? Uh, yeah. West Ham are, uh, completely diabolical right now and they're totally on the beach it'll be interesting to see what happens with crystal palace Mm -hmm. uh going forward because looks like they're resoundingly safe now on 39 points yeah and you know they haven't been prolific going forward recently um and nor that nor do they have any double gaming yeah it it was it was well new newcastle kind of sucked that match yeah Um, newcastle might be on the beach now to be honest they got nothing to play for yeah, but you look at teams like Watford will just be filled with pure adrenaline uh, heading to mm-hmm. the FA Cup final, and they want to keep their form up. Everton mm-hmm. finally have hit a vein of form. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like basically all the teams above West Ham. I'm I'm still kind of keen on. And oh, can I can I say a word for Bournemouth? Tom Campbell, a FPL mayor, actually called me out on Twitter for being. Um, uh, kind of keen on captaining Callum Wilson this past weekend. And Tom astutely mm-hmm. pointed out that Bournemouth have been in terrible form. And guess what? <laughs> they they played terribly against Burnley. Yeah. So yeah, they did. Yeah. Um they look totally down and out. Yeah. Um I think I think that, that hits all the all the big ones. Yeah. Um yeah, and Everton, yeah, exactly. Everton is a team you think would be in that category, but they're they're playing so well right now that I, I don't think we can we can uh, disrespect them by saying that they're on the beach. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, Gavin Doyle says, is there any team we should triple up on for the wild card? We talked about these already. I think the candidates are, are Wolves, Man City. Um, maybe Spurs. 
maybe maybe yeah mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> um and i guess that i i guess possibly brighton if you really want to go for a game with 34 yeah and just like put all your chips on the table possibly watford i guess um yeah i could see i could see having a delafeu dini you know the, the, i don't know like how do you pick which defender to have from their team outside of foster you don't like you just avoid you, that uh conundrum altogether that you have to, right? Because yeah. you don't, I, I, you can't trust any of them. They're, no. It's like they're all, they all rotate, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think this is uh, going to be an amazing yeah. wild card week because, as we're, it's really hard to pinpoint any team that you triple up on. There are going to be so many different yeah. wild cards out there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and it's 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 too bad that it's a Friday kickoff because I really wanted that Friday night to to just ignore my family and just spend the entire evening. Um, mm-hmm. You know, tinkering with it. I, 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 I guess I'm flying home Thursday, so like, I, I'll, it'll be a flight where I just, I like pay for the Wi-Fi just so yep. I can tinker. Yeah. Um. All right. So, a couple more questions. I think just uh, actually no, this is the final question. Uh, Ryan Dika says a non FPL related question. Uh, because Game of Thrones season eight is finally upon us. God, it feels like it's been so long. Uh, he says, which house are you rooting for? And if any character from Game of Thrones played FPL, who do you think would win? Uh huh. So, all right. First question, Brandon. Which house are you rooting for? Um, I saw an interesting theory making the rounds this week that you know, uh, Sweet Robin, little Robin Iron from from the sure. Vale, that yes. uh, maybe the story is really set up for him to take the Iron Throne. I mean, ignorant wow. ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I don't really at this point like all the houses are poisoned for me. I mean, okay, the Starks, I guess, but you know what about what about I don't know like I you know like a plague in other houses. You know, Sam. I want Sam to have the Iron Throne. I totally agree. I don't care Sam about Tyler. any of the houses. All of my favorite characters kind of operate outside of those rules. I mean, especially Jamie, probably my favorite character. He's yeah. he's killed uh, and like tried to kill a boy. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I, love, I love boy killers. <laughs> and then if any if any character from Game of Thrones played FPL, who do you think will win? I mean, I think I think I'm gonna go Sam with this one too, right? Sam Tarley looks like a fantasy manager. I mean, <laughs> he, <laughs> he does. He does. He's a little too earnest. I I would go a little more razor sharp, and it's a it's gonna be a dead heat between Littlefinger and Varys. I think either one of those two guys would just own us all. <laughs> that, those are both great answers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was a moment earlier I was like, well, maybe Tywin Lannister or something. Yes, you know? that's a good one. Uh, I think Tyrion Lannister is the kind of FPL manager who would care for two weeks and then and then, <laughs> yeah. and then then stop paying attention. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Tyr- Tyrion is a casual. That's, that's, that's for sure. And, uh, and like um, – Jon Snow, he's the type who he's such a um, he's the one he's the one who's like complaining on Twitter. He's like, I don't understand. I did everything right. I followed XG. I made every decision right. It just didn't work out for me. I think Jon Snow is 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 he he enjoys the game too much that he refuses to play fantasy. He's like, oh, I don't I don't play fantasy. That's that seems to that's. That's a that yeah. disparages that brings the game into ill repute. Yeah, and I guess Arya Stark's the kind of person who would like break into your computer, like find your password, and uh-huh. like and like you know burn forty on your team or something like that. Actually, right? I think Arya Stark is Eden Hazard because she has he, <laughs> Hazard has so many wow. faces. She's a, the faceless man. That's yeah, that's that's good. All right, I think we'll end on that. Uh, all right, Brandon, game week thirty four. As I just mentioned a moment ago, kicks off on Friday. I really want Vardy for this Leicester Newcastle match. I I, I really want 
I, I mean, to me, it's captainable. I, the only reason I wouldn't captain him or really strongly consider it is because it makes me slightly ill, the thought of captaining somebody on a Friday when there are Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday matches to come. Like, just, do you know what I mean? Like, does it just feel like a little nerve-wracking to not have to like like yeah. Vardy blanks or got I got like a one a yellow card or something. I'm on I'm on like two points for the game week. And then just like there's like what like you know eleven more matches to go after that. It just feels like that would be too painful. Yeah. Maybe that's silly reasoning, but you know. Well, we are in the silly point of the season. And I do agree. But then of course it it cuts both ways. If Vardy does really well and you don't have him, then it stings for the entire game week that you you know, made a rash decision. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's true. I mean, I guess the other argument would be if I just, if I thought that like Lacazette could, could equal, um, Vardy's returns or get close to it, um, away to Watford, mm-hmm. then, um, like if, if Lacazette like doesn't play a minute in the first leg of the Europa League, for example, uh, then maybe then I would, I would just, I would just do that. And then maybe I would, I would go back to this idea of a Brighton triple up because then I could do it without burning points. I could just, I could just, you know, take out one of their players before game week 35. So that's a possibility. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a, it's a long, I mean, God, there's five, you know, 11 games in five days all in a row. It's a lot of football. Yep. Um, Hugh Mitchell yeah. and Webb look video yeah, of football, football, exactly. football. It never stops. <laughs> What's the single best game? Like, I don't, th- Oh, Liverpool, like Chelsea, say- Liverpool, Chelsea is going to be, that be a good game. Like, I guess cause Chelsea are back in form now. It, that could be a fun one. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that Pal- that Palace Man City game could be fun too. Yes, for sure. Particularly uh, the the uh, the Palace fans at Selhurst will bring the atmosphere and make it pretty difficult for City. So if City are able to score like in the first five minutes, like they typically do, then maybe not so much. I I just don't really see a way around this Spurs Huddersfield match. Um, it's really painful. Yeah, because I, I, I kind of yeah, want to play it yeah. cautiously, like you're preaching, but I just don't see yeah. a way around it. Just tricky with the the midweek Champions League fixture, and then it's the early Saturday kickoff. It's it's a short turnaround time. Eh? Yeah, maybe Kane does play, but uh, maybe Sun doesn't. I don't know. I, I I hate to like I hate to sound like I'm like I'm just planting seeds of ambiguity. I, I'm not trying to like troll or anything like that. I just really genuinely it's a worry that I have, you know, yeah. and it's sort of throwing me off a little bit because the thing is, if you don't have Kane for 34, then I don't really feel like you need him for 35, you know, because they play away to Man City in 35. And they'll have the second leg of the Champions League also away to Man City. And then they play Crystal Palace at home. And Crystal Palace has got a good defense. So it's like you either decide right now to have Kane or you just don't have him at all, you know, for the next couple of game weeks, the next couple of matches. And um, and it's just. You know, it's just if you if you if you feel like you can take the risk, it's it's just too bad that it's Huddersfield. It's a team that's just so easy to beat up on. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because if it was a if it was a difficult home fixture, then I'd be like, yeah, I'm just not going to have Kane. You know, I'm just going to have Erickson and, and yep. hope he can kind of cover it. Yep. So yeah, it's a tricky one. All right, well, that's our pod. That's the pod. We'll see you guys online uh, for all of your wild card questions or non wild card questions. Um, sure. I'll just jump to the social media handles uh, since I'm talking about it. But you can find us on Twitter at Hell Cheaters, Instagram at Hell Cheaters. If somebody sends us a rate my team via Instagram, I will, I will actually find that endearing and charming. So try it, give it a shot, and you, and you will respond, or you'll just find it charming. I mean, if I if I check Instagram, I will respond for sure. 
Okay. We, are, we are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating, or send us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Josh, can you please thank our producers? Yes, I can. All right, Brandon, let's do this. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Rafael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Sam Streak, Chris Carter, The Big Gaffer, Danny Evans, Babas Kuhn, Gareth Doc Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Matt Ritter, Oyvind Anderson, and Kajatan, our newest producer. Thank you, Kajatan. Thank you to all of our producers. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. Awesome. Yes, if you'd like to look into what it takes to become an always cheating producer or just support the pod and thank us for what we do, just visit patreon.com slash always cheating where you can uh, get cool stuff, including a free bonus podcast. Oh, no, I was going to say that. That's right. And I just I just wanted to add, Brandon, I didn't mention this at the top, but our um, Always X Gene competition, uh, we are going to give away a T-shirt or a mug. You get to pick which one you want uh, for the winner of that contest. Awesome. All right. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, wherever you find podcasts are available. Find us there or give us a five-star review. We'd be so grateful. Josh, I wish you and all of our listeners the best of luck on their wild cards or, uh, I mean, God, what if you're not on your wild card? What can I wish you if you're not on your wild card? Yeah, that's that's next week's podcast, I think. <laughs> all right. For, for Brandon Kelly, I'm Josh Landon <laughs> signing off. And for Poku, don't forget him. <laughs> and for Poku, signing off. All right. Dear Mercy, I'm a <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.